Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Thank you, Lord. What a beautiful day and what a wonderful time it is to be in church once more. We're going to read a two, uh, one passage of scripture in three verses in Matthew chapter 24 to begin with. Matthew 24, beginning with verse 37 through 39. Jesus made a comparison between our day and that day many, many years ago. He said, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. And so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Lord Jesus, we come to you this night bringing your word to all that have gathered here and those that are watching online. We need your help. We need your anointing. We need your presence, God, to speak through us tonight to remind us of our need like never before in the day in which we are living. Bless us tonight together in your name, Jesus. Amen, amen. You may be seated. This passage of scripture that the Lord shared with them, the disciples, as well as with us today, he compared the time in which I say we're living in, because I think this is the last days, the last of the last days. And he said, as the days of Noah were, so shall, uh, shall, shall it be in that time of his coming. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And then he described conditions that existed in that day. They were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Jesus, not only here in Matthew 24, but also in Luke 17, he makes their connection with Lot and compared to the days of Lot, a little different than what he said here in Matthew, but in essence, the same thing. Uh, I think in, in a lot in Luke, he said something about buying and selling and whatever, but in essence, the activities were the same as it was in that day. It will be in our day. Noah, Noah. He is an example for us. The conditions that prevail in our day are, we have Noah's record to remind us 
we must be living in the same time. And you'll notice in the reading of the passage, the Bible says that they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the Lord's going to, he's going to disturb a lot of parties one of these days. Just like he disturbed and broke up Belshazzar's party mm -hmm. in the book of Daniel. I think there's going to be a lot of parties that are going to stop right in the middle of things. The Lord is going to come. I could only anticipate and imagine what it's going to be like, but I know for us it's going to be an exciting time. There's much discussion and question about exactly what will happen. Such a question as will everybody know it? Will people see us? And, and so on. Well, I think it'll be according to where we are and when it happens. If it's like here tonight, there's going to be a whole bunch of us that's going to rise from this old place and go and meet the Lord in the air. But if you're not in the ship, if you're not in the ship, you're not going to go with us. I don't mean that as sarcasm. I'm just meaning it as concern. Let's make sure we're in the ship. Let's make sure we're in the ship. And another thing about what Jesus said here concerning his comparison with Noah and the last days, it says they knew not till the flood came. Mm. They knew not till the flood came. Well, the question that pops in my mind would be, knew not what? Because Noah, the Bible plainly tells us, was a preacher of righteousness. He had to build that wood, that ark out of gopher wood and I don't think he went to Home Depot or Lowe's or Menards or, or Lucas to get it. So, and I don't think it happened in just a couple of weeks or a couple of months or even a couple of years. I don't know about that 120 year bit or not, but if it did, think of it. Noah's message every Sunday, if it was Sunday or every Saturday, if it was Saturday or whenever, they came by. Noah, if he preached, when he preached, the flood's coming. The flood's coming. I imagine some of those poor antediluvians got tired of listening to Noah preach because that's the only message he had. That's the only message he had. It's coming. The flood's coming. The flood's coming. The flood's coming. Amen. I wish we could preach it more vividly more de and declare it more loudly and more clearly. The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. Yes, to you that's watching online, he's coming. Whether you're ready or not, he's coming. To those about us, friends and neighbors and loved ones, he's coming. It behooves us to be ready. Make sure we're in the ship. Make sure we're ready for the Lord's coming. Amen. And the beautiful thing is God grants us opportunity to be ready. Oh, my. And, and I'm concerned, quite frankly, I was going to say this to begin with, and I didn't. But I'm concerned because we come to church and we come, see people come to church and, 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 and they sit through service and, and they enjoy the visit. I'm sure I trust they do. And then they go home and, 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 and they're not ready for the Lord to come. I don't mean to sound like a, a judge on them. I don't mean that. I just know the tree by the fruit it bears. And I know if somebody hasn't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and if they have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, they're not in the ship. 
I want to be plain, but I want to be sincere, and I want to be honest, and I want to be those words with love and concern. I want to go with you. I want you to go with me. I want us all to be together. And I know in us, in order for that to happen, we got to be born again. we got to be a part of this glorious church. Amen. So God help us every time somebody comes to this assembly or rub shoulders with us that we can leave and convey somehow, some way to them. You need the Lord. The Lord loves you. He's speaking to you. You'll yield to the Spirit of the Lord. God, help us to feel a spirit of conviction like we haven't felt in a long time. Help us to witness this, your presence, God. As I've prayed, no telling how many times, put a hook in their jaw and draw them with cords of love to an altar of prayer. Amen. Amen. Now Noah, there was only eight saved in this ship, this ark. Lot, there was really only three. His wife didn't make it, but only three that escaped the, the fiery judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah and those cities in that veil. Let's go back to Genesis where Jesus said, as it was in his day, in Noah's day, that's the way it's going to be in the day of the coming of the Lord. We're going to go through this chapter 6 a little bit because that's what the Lord referred us to in making comparison between our day and that day. In Genesis 6 and 9, the Bible says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Right. Noah was the leader. He was an example. He lived in a, in a community, in a place, as Jesus called it or compared it here, refer, referred to it as being a time of chaos and confusion, marrying and giving in marriage. But in the midst of that, there was a man that stood up and refused to indulge and get involved in the things that were going on in that antediluvian world. I say we need men. We need fathers. Yes, we need husbands yes, that will be the head, be the leader, and be like Brother Noah. God's expecting you, husbands, fathers, lead your family. Let them see you praying. Let them see you worshiping God. Let them not only see you praying, let them hear you praying. Uh -huh. Not just in church, but in home and wherever. God help us to be an example in, lead, in leading our family, our friends, and those about us in prayer, in worship. I'm not ashamed to say hallelujah. Amen. It'd be hard to say hallelujah in Walmart, wouldn't it? And then in verse 10, it says, Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Three sons. And I was studying this and considering this for tonight. I, rem was, I reminded myself that one of the things that gave me great concern, not only when I got married, that gave me concern, showing sure up, but, uh, but it was just her and I, just she, just her. And me, that's it. But then when we found out we was going to get somebody else to join the family, that added to the concern. And then later another one came along that added some more concern. But my concern as a husband, as a father was, 
God, I don't want to lose any of them. I want to be an example to them. I want to see them saved. I want to see them baptized like I have been. I want to see them filled with the Holy Ghost like I was. God help me. That was my concern, quite frankly. And I know that, that every family is not blessed that way because when children grow up, you know, they have a tendency when they get a certain age, they have their own mind. And they think they can make their own decisions. You know, when they get to age of six or eight, then they're boss. They can do as they please. And so God's not going to hold us accountable, if you will, if that son, that daughter, or whatever leaves church. But God, we have that feeling on my spirit, my soul, my mind. God, I want to see faith filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see Tiffany filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I, want to see, I wanted to see David filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see my children filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see my children baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And now I want to see my grandchildren filled with the Holy Ghost and in church. I want to see my great-grandchildren and that two other great-greats that's coming along. I want to see them filled with the Holy Ghost. God, keep me here until I can see that. Uh, those, 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 those other two. Help me, Lord. I, I want to see them filled with the Holy Ghost yes, and baptized in Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. I have a feeling. I have a burden. I have a concern. And, and, and three sons. And then in verse 11 and 12, it says, he, uh, the, Moses described the condition. The earth also was corrupt before God. They, and the earth was filled with violence. In verse 12, God looked upon the earth. Behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. My, my. Now, if nothing else, if nothing else, this surely would jog us to realize that what was happening in Noah's day is happening today. Have you ever seen a time, those of us that's been around a while, a time when the world has been so filled with violence. And one of the most despicable and horrible things is the violence that's taking place in so many of our cities and places and businesses. The law itself steps back and lets it happen. You know, they got this stupid, foolish rule, I guess they call it, that if you steal something that's less than a thousand dollars, they're going to do anything to you. Just go in and help yourself. Now you've got to take your tabulator with your calculator and make sure that you only go to nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars because if you get to a thousand, they have the authority to arrest you. My my. Well, I can remember reading the time when Abraham Lincoln was taking care of some kind of a country store. And he, uh, he forgot, somehow neglected to pay someone a penny. And he realized it, I guess, when he was counting his, uh, his, his books at the end of the day. And he realized he had missed, and he remembered who it was, I guess. And he walked, I was a distance. He walked to pay that penny back to that woman. God, give us, give us a conscience. Help us to have a conscience. Peter, or Paul said, rather, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, beginning, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, 
blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, un is it sounding familiar? Unholy, without natural affection. My, my, doesn't that sound familiar? Truce breakers, false that, that That sounds like Democrats and Republicans. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And then notice the last verse, five, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of, so Paul says, turn away from them. Turn away from them. There's some people you're better off not to be around. There's some people you're better off not to rub shoulders with too much if they are going to influence you in the wrong way. I wonder if the Apostle Paul could somehow come down and visit MPC tonight and if he could see the evening news or see what's taking place in our country. I wonder if Paul would shake his head and say, my, my, it's worse than I thought it would be. But he imagined, he wrote and he declared the condition. I can remember, I, I believe I must have read it. I can't remember for sure hearing it. But I remember reading something, I believe it was, many years ago. Of course, all my things are many years ago. But I remember hearing, reading where somebody said, Grandpa would not allow Grandma to go to bed in what granddaughter wears on the street today. Now, chew on that a while. Chew on that a while. My things have changed for the worse. We could teach Sodom and Gomorrah probably a few tricks today. This crazy, confused, mixed up world is getting worse and worse with every passing year. It's bad enough when the court said no praying in school. That was bad enough. It got worse when it says no Bibles in the school. And it got even worse when they said in 1973, you can kill those babies even while they're in the womb because all it is is just a mass of tissue or whatever. And it even got worse when the court said, even the high court said, that those that are of the same sex can marry one another. Isn't that something? I don't know if you read that or not, and I don't know if it's actually fact. Sometimes thing that they post somewhere uh, is more fiction than fact. But I did hear, I did read or hear, uh, one or the other, I did that. Anyway, that, that somebody went to the doctor. They, were, they listed their name as a man, as an individual, a man. And they were having some pain, and the doctor examined them. And I guess gave them some kind of pain medicine or something. And the doctor looked at, you know, the, the, the list there. John Brown, or let me say it. I don't know what his name was, but I'll call him John, brother. We got any Johns here? I don't mean to embarrass him. But John Brown uh, was his name. So, so the doctor listened and examined and, and gave his opinion. I guess you need something to ease your pain. Before it's over with, it come to find out that he was a she and she was pregnant and the baby died because the doctor didn't know what to do because he didn't have the right information. It is a sick world, folks. Yes, sir. 
It is a sick world. God said in verse 13, God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, we can get along for so long, and God will have mercy and compassion upon us. I'm glad that God doesn't strike us dead when we sin. I'm glad that God gave us or gives us opportunity even when we fail, even when we backslide, even when we leave church, even when we get cold, even when we get away from God. I'm glad the mercies of God are still extended. I'm glad that the prodigals are still around and the word that we have in the book of Mark about the Luke, about the prodigal, it's still available regardless of where you are. If you haven't prayed in a year, if you're as lost as a goose or a gander, I tell you there is a merciful God that is still extending his compassion, his love. He's still knocking on hearts of uh, doors. He loves you. The end of all flesh has come before me, but there is coming a time when God's going to shut that door and it's all going to be over with. So Joah, Noah, just he preached to the coming deluge about something that the antediluvians didn't even know anything about. They had never seen such a thing. And I wonder as we endeavor to reach out to our loved ones and friends, and those that don't know the Lord, and we talk about the Lord's coming, and they turn us off. They refuse to listen. They think we're uh, crazy or confused, but he is coming. I know we've heard it for a long, long time, but that doesn't change the fact he is coming. Peter touched on that in the book of 2 Peter 3, in verses 3, 4, he says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Well, to all of us that are here tonight, to those that are watching on online, to those that are maybe rumbling through their mind, I've heard that preached for years. I doubt if some of you have heard it preached as long as I have, but I've heard it preached for years. I'm still preaching it. That was my first little sermonette in Matthew 24, 44. Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Well, that was almost 70 years ago. I'm still saying it. In fact, I got it right here in my notes, that same verse. It's still true. It's still going to happen. Amen. Yes, sir. The antediluvians probably got up and walked by Noah building that silly boat that was 45 feet high, 75 feet wide, and 450 feet long or thereabout. I imagine they walked by and made fun of him, made light of him, made jokes about him, and talked about him at night at the tavern or whatever. But one day, one day, when that boat was finally finished, uh -huh. And it had been all fixed like it's supposed to be fixed. My, my. But anyway, the Lord hasn't come yet, but he is coming. He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't changed the book. Yes, it's still there. 
It's still there. Matt, Matthew 24, 44 is still there. Second yes, Peter chapter 3 is still there. Second Timothy chapter 3 is still there. Listen to what Peter said in verses 10 through 12 in that same chapter. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Not might come, it will come. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. Seeing then, listen to this, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, then what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and, and godliness looking for? Mm -hmm. looking for and hasting yes, unto the coming of the day of God, yes, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. It's really going to happen. It's not because of, of, of climate change. It's not because of Mr. Gore and all those. Anyway, no. Verse in Genesis six, uh, six. Let's go. Let's go on. We're running here. In verse fourteen, God says to Noah, "Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch, with pitch. Seal it good. Yes, sir. Seal it good. Notice they said, "Make thee an ark." Now Noah, how in the world are you going to get? two by two and seven by seven of all the animals of creation in one boat. Surely you're going to need 45 boats at least. But God said, make one ark. One ark. I want to declare there's one church. I want to declare that Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. There is no ES to it. It's one church, not churches. There is one church, just like there's one Lord, one faith, yes, one baptism, one God, yes, Father of all, yes, above all, through all, and in you all, and his name is Jesus. Yes, so Noah said, God said, build an ark. There was but one family going to be saved. Now think about it. I don't know. I, in my imagination, I can only imagine Brother Noah and his family must have lived on the third floor. But that's a lot of room for eight people even. My, my. If Noah got in, in an argument with Mrs. Noah, he could go all the way to the other end, 450 feet away, <laughs> and, and get away from that arguing, cantankerous. <clears throat> anyway, my imagination gets in trouble sometimes. But anyway, he said, make thee an ark. Yes, sir. Make thee an ark. Now again, I don't mean to be judgmental. I don't mean it that way. I want to be honest. I want to be sincere. But I want to be factual. There is but one church. Yes, sir. Yes, he sir. died but one time. Yes, sir. He gave us but one plan of salvation. Yes, sir. I don't mean that to hurt somebody's feeling. No way. I mean that. To try to stir up your your thoughts, uh -huh. your feelings. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be. You must be. Yes, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, you need to be. Yes, you must be. Yes, because that's the only kind that's going to get in the church. Yes, that's the only kind that's going to get in this ark. Yes. It's just Noah and Noah and Noah and Noah and Noah. Until you get to eight, there's just eight Noahs, if you will. 
I'm adding that part. But the Bible says, Jesus did in, in Luke 21, 36. He says, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be able to escape all these things. What things? What he'd just been talking about previous to this in chapter 21. About the trouble, the chaos, surfeiting, drunkenness, carelessness. That you may be able to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, I don't know about those that are around. I keep forgetting about this water. I see them other preachers do that, so. I usually wait till I'm done. That's when I think of it. <clears throat> but it's getting dry up here. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, we may be able to escape. The judgment is coming. The trouble is coming that, that Paul spoke of. I want to escape that. I want to escape that. Amen. Now, some people say you're go they're going through it if they want to help themselves. I want to escape it. I want to hear the trumpet sound. I want to feel the glorious change take place in my body. I want to be called up to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. In verse 15 of Genesis 6, it says, And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, the height of it 30 cubits, Verse 16, a window shalt thou make in, uh, to the ark. In a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. One ark, one window, one door. Directions that are plainly given. He, it, Noah wasn't told the Lord didn't say, Noah, go build yourself a boat. Because, number one, Noah wouldn't know how to build it. Right. He, if he even knew, because there were no boats. You didn't go down to the Mariner place and buy you a boat in Noah's day. What would you buy a boat for? There's no, it's not going to rain. You're not going to have a flood. But anyway, Noah was told to specifically what to do. The one door, the one window. And the dimensions of it, of the, of the ark itself, there was no doubt as to how the ark was built. Noah was given specifics. The plan for our salvation is not left up to us as to where we go, what we believe. It doesn't matter. You know that old saying, there are many roads. Every, no, every road leads to Rome. Isn't that the, the expression? Or all roads, all roads lead to Rome. Well, I'm not headed to Rome. All right. I'm not interested in meeting the Pope, uh -huh. Papa. He's not, well, anyway, I'm not interested in going to Rome. I've got my sight set on another place. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And, the, and, and there's no, a lot of roads leading to that place. Again, Jesus said, the way is straight, or the gate straight, rather, and the way is narrow. Yes, Amen. There is a plan. One, repentance. Two, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And three, being filled with God's Holy Spirit. Yes, it's sir. Acts 2.38, again and again and again. Yes, There's no getting around it, no escaping it. 
When the question was asked, what shall we do? Peter's response was firm. It was plain. It was clear. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's plain. It's simple. It's glorious. Behold, God says in verse 17, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. I have, I have problems. I guess you'd call it a problem sometimes when I get to reading things like this because things pop in my mind. You know, he says, I, even I. Where's the other two in the Trinity? <clears throat> you see, I just get... I, even I, <laughs> do bring a flood upon the waters. Paul said in second, listen to this verse. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to hurry. Listen to this verse in uh, chapter 2, or uh, Second Thessalonians, rather, chapter 1. This is, this, is in, this is Paul speaking about the end time, the events that's going to take place tomorrow. And this, to me, is, is one of the most frightening three Verses of scripture in your Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Paul said, you that are troubled, you that are confused, you that are disturbed and concerned about what I must do to escape the judgments that are coming, you that are troubled, rest with us. And when Paul uses the word us, are we in his epistles it's usually most always a reference to the church All right. you that are troubled rest with the church we've got security Amen. we've got rest yes, sir. we've got hope yes, sir. we've got promise you that are troubled rest with us when the lord jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, Acts chapter 2, verse 30, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Let me reiterate and reemphasize God's merciful, but it's only limited. God loves you. But the same one that would save us today, if we don't obey him, will judge us tomorrow. Uh -huh. One of the most, as we said, one of the most frightening passages is this. And the mo one of the most frightening, if not the most frightening, six words in this passage is that last part of it where it says in verse 9, from the presence mm -hmm. of the Lord. That is is scary that if, if we could really chew on that if we could really swallow that if we could really digest that to think one step away from God is too far from the presence of the Lord it's going to be terrible to be in hell but it's going to be worse not to be able to get out it's going to be terrible to suffer in the torments of that terrible place. And may I say, regardless of the skeptics, 
there will be such a place. But we don't have to go there because we got someone named Jesus that loves us. In verse 18, we close with Genesis from chapter 6. The Lord says, With thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. I've established my covenant. It's firm. It's complete. The plan of God, the will of God. The door to the church is still open. The opportunity to be saved is still available. And I would to God there would be a spirit of, of conviction that would sweep over us. Every time we come to church, when there's someone in our congregation that's not ready for the trumpet to sound, I wish there was such a spirit. The Bible in the book of Revelation 22, 17 says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that's a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. God loves you today. He loves us today. We heard that invitation or we read that invitation and spiritually heard it when he said in Matthew eleven twenty, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. One more verse in Genesis. We jump to the next chapter, although to Moses it wasn't in the next chapter. But in Genesis 7 and verse 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Oh Lord. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.